the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. Good afternoon, everyone. It's 106. It's Wednesday. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can listen online at the website, dePietro.com. This portion of the show, hey, this weekend, it's Mother's Day and PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, Mother's Day headquarters, fully stocked for Mother's Day. Stop in. Nothing says I love you, Mom, than something from Rhode Island's number one garden center. And they have tropical plants now available. Hibiscus bushes, assorted colors, mandevilles, uh, also annuals, perennials, trees and shrubs, mulch, loom, stone. Hey, maybe you get your uh, your mom a nice gift certificate. Rhode Island's number one garden center. They're ready for you. Mother's Day headquarters this weekend, this Sunday is Mother's Day. Located 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. Stop it and see them. Steve and Debbie and Junior and Byron, they're open seven days a week. They have a beautiful selection. Shop local. Look for them on Facebook. PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Worth the trip. People drive in from Massachusetts and Connecticut to shop there. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. 3688 Quaker Lane, North Kingstown. They are fully stocked for Mother's Day. Right now, it's 107 in the afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. So, the Vice President Kamala Harris is in Rhode Island, and we're following her trip along uh, a little bit, her visit, I should say. Right now, she's there down at a business in Providence. Uh, kind of known as like the, you still called the jewelry district. Chafee tried to call it the, the um, Link Chafee, Governor Chafee tried to say, rename it the Knowledge District. But it's, it's basically the, <laughs> it is what it is. It's the, the jewelry district, how it's known. But I also wanted to see, so she stopped at a bookstore earlier. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing is that she's with Governor Amundo. It's a big return trip. Commerce Secretary Raimondo with her. Let me just also, uh, I just want to see some of the other things. So the uh, Vice President Harris, Commerce Secretary Raimondo went to Books on the Square. I'm glad for them. Um, so the Raimondo kids were there. Let me see what else. Uh, let me... I want to just, um, <laughs> it's funny, there's someone posting a picture of waving at the vice president as they're driving, they're driving past Hooters. <laughs> I don't know what about that, just kind of seemed funny. So I want to just, um, I'm just trying to see, I thought I saw, uh, yeah, TF Green Airport had a lot of security, no question, I was there earlier. I thought that. I wanted to see um, Ted Nisi had her full itinerary because, folks, I'm going to try to um, maybe availability a little bit later at the airport. So Juan will be uh, trying to do that. I want to just, I thought I had seen someone put something out about that. Let me just check one more thing again um, exactly what her full agenda is here in Rhode Island, other than um, what you would imagine, which is, it's almost like a, the entire day is almost like a photo op in some ways. Not trying to be derogatory, but um, that's basically what's going on. Okay, here it is, itinerary for uh, Wednesday. So two o'clock right now, what time is it, Juan? It's one ten. So Vice President Kamala Harris is in an event featuring small businesses focused on social impact. We travel pool coverage of the event. Two o'clock, the Vice President will participate in an event featuring small businesses focused on social impact. That's now at two o'clock. It's a woman-led small business roundtable. Of course. Travel pool coverage of the roundtable. 4.55, the Vice President will depart Rhode Island. And go back to Washington and then arrive at Joint Base Andrews, covered by the travel pool again. So 
2 o'clock. I, I'm guessing she gets back to the airport at, I'm not sure, 4 o'clock maybe, somewhere in there. And then, um, uh, and then there'll be some kind of, so the, the 2 o'clock, that'll be interesting of who's part of the, the delegation to uh, take part in this discussion. You had to know there was going to be something like that. I can't believe her and the husband masks on and kissing each other. What what is the I, I don't I don't in any way understand that. Folks, I also want to play there's still uh, more fallout of uh I played this yesterday, but the woman, how about the the uh deputy that's trying to pull the woman over? There's still more fallout on that. And it's just um atrocious is what it is. Yes, you are, ma'am. Good morning. Which is, and the speed limit is 40, and I was going 38, so why are you harassing You're me? You're correct. I pulled you over because, because you're a murderer. Because uh, yes, I started oh. to record because you you're a be, murderer. You can't be on your cell phone while you're driving. I was on my phone. I was recording you because you scared you me. You can't use your cell I phone while you're recording. You. May yeah. I have a driver's license? I, it's, it's at my apartment. What's your apartment? It's at my home. I'm just taking my son to his. Do you have a, Do you have your driver's license? I, it, I mistakenly left it at home. Do you have a picture of your driver's license? Yes, I do. May I have it? And can you call your supervisor, please? I, I already did. He's on his way. Good, because you're a murderer. Okay. Oh. And so you're giving me a cell phone ticket? Is that why you're harassing me? Not harassment. Yeah. I, I am enforcing the law. I have a right to and record the police when they're harassing me. By all means, but you can't do it while you're driving. I was, I can, I wasn't, doesn't texting or none of that. Do you have, and you, have that you scared me and made me think you were going to murder me. Okay, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. Well, you're, that's not just a feeling, you're a murderer. Okay. Can you zoom in on that for me? Sure. Dude? Thank you. And I'm perfectly legal and I'm a teacher. So there. Congratulations. Murderer. You're a murderer. Oh. What's your last name? I can't see that there. Well, you, here you, you go, stop, stop shaking. Zoom in on that for no, me, No, because right? you're scaring me. Oh, you're threatening to kill me and my son. Can you give me okay. the... Well, you, you, so I'll tell you what, you keep smiling yeah, you're on camera. Keep, you're, you're trying to threaten to kill me. I'm I not didn't smiling. Say that. You're the one who's... Hold that still. I can't see that. Uh, is this your car? Yes, it is. And you're trying to say I stole my own car because you're jealous? Uh, is that what I don't that's think about? So. You wait for me right here, okay? You're jealous. Citation. All you need to just is your signature. He's only citing you for using your cell phone while you're driving. That's it. Hey, good man. Signing side of red box. For him being a Mexican racist. What is that name? Gas. Sign the citation, ma'am. Here you go. Mexican racist. Oh. You're always going to be a Mexican. You'll never be white. You know that, right? Huh. You'll never be white. God. Which is what you really want to be. There you want to be dude. white. Have a good day. You want to be white so bad. So disgraceful, beyond insulting, rude, mean, classless, belligerent, hateful. Just the nerve of someone like that. All right. Now, right now, there is a um, we can dip in. I think this is where Vice President Harris is right now. This is a what a proud stormic moment. Uh, it was to see during the State of the Union. Congressman uh, Landry. With Speaker Pelosi, and it just sent such a strong message to the, the whole uh, country that uh, no matter who you are, no matter what your background, you can you know, rise to the highest office in, in the land and everyone can reach their goals and dreams. So it, it gives us all such great pride to see you up there. And congratulations for that. Oh. Um, and uh, uh, Commerce Secretary Raimondo, uh, our former governor, Folks, welcome back. Congressman Landry. It's great to have you back here. So thrilled uh, that uh, you're doing extraordinary work uh, for our country now, just like you did here in Rhode Island. And uh, we are thrilled to, to have you back here. And I'm honored to be here with our, my colleagues and the delegation. And uh, this is such an important moment uh, as we are coming through this pandemic. Uh, we need to come back, uh, not just uh, intact, but come back stronger. That's the challenge right now. We have to, uh, as the president, vice president said, our goal, our mission right now is to crush the virus and, and strengthen our economy so we come back stronger. And this has been uh, a job one for 
my Paris administration. We all understand that small businesses, especially here in Rhode Island, are truly the lifeblood of our economy. Over 95% of our, our businesses are those small businesses. These are the mom and pop shops. My mom and dad, when I was growing up, were small business people, so I know the challenges that the small businesses face. They're never easy. You're, 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 you're doing one thing to the next to try to keep the, the doors open especially hard in the, in the pandemic. But I thank you for the work you're doing, the focus you're putting on, on small businesses because uh, they are they are scrappy, they persevere, they're persistent. Uh, it's not, Why are you uh, always trying a, to force uh, unions uh, on thought for them? It's a way of life. And, and we appreciate that uh, you have the backs of small businesses and, and the business community and not only Rhode Island, but throughout the country. So the, uh, the American Rescue Plan, the American Jobs Plan, the American Families Plan, I'm gonna help us to turn that corner. I'm gonna get us through the pandemic and help us to come out stronger. We stay ready to work with you in every way possible uh, to make that a, a success and that vision of realities. So we're so proud that you're here and welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Folks, again, it's John DePietro. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, so let's get started with the social impact pitch event. Uh, I'm really excited to introduce Philip Trevitt, who's one of the founding members of the Urban Greens co-op market. Hey. Uh, Philip and his co-founders worked for over coverage. 10 years to make urban greens a reality uh, he's a 2012 scg accelerator graduate and, again. Uh, let me just and the other founders let me just interject for a moment it's john DePietro on am 1380 and 99.9 fm i want to um we're gonna i want to dip back into that so this is a uh, live coverage you have our delegation plus now you have commerce secretary Ramundo. And let's go back. This is a little bit more of a, this is going on right now, live. On top of that, there were the increased staff needs in order to keep up with really important COVID protocols. Our PPP loan, our PPP loan was critical in helping us through those challenges. And with that and other support, the co-op was able to step up in tremendous ways. We implemented a 10% discount for all low-income co-op members. Uh, we instituted permanent pay raises for staff, and we partnered with the City of Providence and community organizations to distribute over 21,000 meals to families impacted by COVID. Looking ahead, we are excited to be part of a growing movement of cooperative businesses across this country and here in Rhode Island. Co-ops work for communities, and we are thrilled to see a future where cooperatives like Urban Greens can play a key role in building a more equitable economy and creating real community wealth on a national scale. Thank you. Well done. Questions? The first question for Philip is from the Vice President. That was excellent, Philip. Thank you. Actually, when we were kids, my mother used to shop at a co-op. And we had, uh, I don't remember the number anymore, the but we'd get to the cashier and they they'd give story. you a co-op number. That's right. And um, so, so you are bringing back fond memories for me. My question for you is that in the American uh, Jobs Plan, a very big emphasis is on infrastructure, which ranges from everything that people need to get where they need to go. One of them is about public transportation. So my question to you is, in addition to addressing the food desert issue, how is an investment in, uh, in public transportation connected with what your mission is to make sure that all people have access to nutritional fresh food? Right. So improving public transportation has a tremendous impact, especially in some of the communities we serve, where, you know, we don't want people to be investing up, up, you know, a third of their paycheck or, or, you know, or massive expenses in repairs, in cars, in gas. Providing better public transportation makes it easier to get groceries, makes it easier to get to the store and back. And it's one of the key reasons for our site. We selected where we are. We're right at the, you know, right at a bus stop. We've got four lines that go by our store on either side. And that's a critical part of making sure that we are accessible to everyone. That's right. I know this struggle of small business. Let's create Thank more you. government programs, raise minimum wage, and force the Green New Deal to Philip, cut small uh, business. Congratulations. I've been in Urban Greens, and I can testify. Folks, this is Senator Reid. It's, it's great. Uh, one thing I'd like to know is what federal programs have been helpful to you oh. and your colleagues? 
Um, great question. So obviously the PPP was critical in this past year. I think looking ahead, one of the areas where we had explored and where I think there's real opportunity in the future is with the USDA programs. Um, you know, there's a ton of investment in farming and in things like farmers markets. I think there's actually a challenge in stores that are bringing both local foods and, you know, foods that might not be from here, but create a real full shopping experience together in one place. And for co-ops, often that startup capital is the hardest part. So if we can, you know, their support that can help co-ops get started, they can have a tremendous impact. Thank you. Okay, next, very excited to introduce Eugenio Fernandez. Eugenio has a very impressive academic track record, had lots of professional opportunities, and he decided to come back to Providence, to the community where he grew up, and build a business that helps provide people the public health services they deserve. Uh, Eugenio uh, received a, a loan from the SCG Loan Fund, and we are just so proud to be part of uh, the Astenis community as he continues to grow his business. Folks, you're listening to live coverage of the vice president in the... Uh... Hi. Okay, so the name Astenis. Astenis is Greek for the word patience. In healthcare, we refer to the people as the patients. A lot of the issues in the healthcare system stem from the fact that we started focusing away from the people, the patient, and more towards administration. Astenis is a constant reminder that if we focus back on the people, the patient, Astenis, it can help dig us out of some of the hole we created in the U.S. healthcare system. So what is Astenis? So Astenis is a public health organization with the pharmacy. So essentially what we do is we look at people holistically. And to kind of draw a physical map in your mind, Think of a pharmacy that looks like a doctor's office. That's what we look like. That's what the type of services we do holistically. Our mission is up there is to help build health conscious communities by promoting public health guidance and health education. And pharmacy, um, we opened in July of 2018. We opened as the only pharmacy in the state of Rhode Island owned by people of color. About me, well, I'm Cuban-American. I'm a son and sibling of Cuban refugees from the 1980 Maria Boatlift. They're considered Marielitos. I'm born in the U.S. I was born here in Providence. I still have a sister there that wasn't able to come when my family came. My grad school um, pedigree is at least, well, I did school public health in Harvard University, which is what this concept is. It's all public health. I went to undergrad at URI. I also could drop a degree undergraduate major. I think I was the only person to do that. You guys can double check that for me, please. Just <laughs> the next slide. So the pandemic pivot, um, what we did was we looked at different cities that were being hurt by the pandemic. The hospital had people filling up from different cities that were hit harder than other communities. So we partnered with mayors and we designed a lean, efficient model for vaccine administration. And that resulted in over 20,000 vaccinations administered to date. And in terms of the future demand, we know there's need for our services and communities of need. And also for us to improve the collective health of those communities, we ask that you guys join us in helping us help more people. Thank you. Folks, you're listening. This is uh, the John DePetro Show. It's live coverage. So they get two minutes. They get two minutes to speak. And this is uh, so, Vice President Harris right now. And tell me, what are the biggest challenges for you to, to serve the communities that you intend to serve in terms of getting them the health care they need? And by that, I mean um, the educational piece, the trust piece, the transportation piece. What are the barriers that you've had to overcome to actually serve the community Vice President you intend to serve? Kamala Harris yeah, right now in Providence. Um, early on is that. Um, people are looking for information about their health, and they're, the most reliable source for your health to get health information is your doctor's office. Um, but that's the doctors are really busy. There's, the average wait time is 15 minutes if you go into the doctor's office. So they want to spend more time with you, but they can't. So I wanted to kind of create something because this kind of answers your question. What is what people are looking for? It's just accessibility to education. So you can walk in somewhere in the community and someone can say, these are your 10 options. Here's your condition. These are your 10 treatment options. Here's the one I recommend. But you're happy to discuss and choose whichever one of the treatment options you like. You're welcome, and uh, okay. congratulations on your success from Senator the University of Rhode Island. Go Rhodey. I haven't heard of a quadruple degree before, so that's pretty, pretty impressive. You've lived through a pandemic. You've been at the front of the healthcare system in the pandemic. What's your lesson to us on what you'd like to see by way of changes in the healthcare system as a result of that experience? 
um, communication and messaging. Um, there's a lot of information that comes out there. And my opinion is that people just need a hub where they can get reliable information that's accessible. Because at the end of the day, people are going to make decisions about their own body. I'm okay with you making whatever decision, yes or no, as long as you have the right information in front of you when you make that decision. So my job is to make sure you got the right info. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Next up, we have Sterling Spellman who together with her husband, Ross, are the founders of Incredible, a food truck with a mission. Uh, Sterling's passion for social impact is contagious, and she brought that energy to her 2019 Accelerator cohort. Uh, and I just have to say, where others see barriers, Sterling sees opportunity. So, Sterling. Oops, here it is on the Jump Future Show. Welcome, Vice President Harris, and thank you to our amazing Rhode Island government. You all are, are the best, and thank you for always supporting us. My name is Sterling Clinton Spellman. I am the co-owner of Incredible Food Company with my husband, Russell Spellman. We own two food trucks that serve healthy and delicious bowls, multicultural bowls, to our community. We have bowls like the chili Cuban mango and Korean barbecue beef, but also spicy Liberian bowls. The pandemic was scary for us, like many small businesses. We lost 320 events for 2020. But my husband and I were determined to make it work. We were resourceful. We applied for grants and loans. And thanks, thanks to the Restore RI, the Adaptation Grant, and also the PPP loan, we were able to push through. Our immediate goal is to open up a restaurant before the end of the year. But our big vision and goal is to open up restaurants across the country that will employ over 2,500 people by 2030. And that we will implement our Fresh Start program, our Incredible Fresh Start program. The Incredible Fresh Start program is a program that will employ people who are hard to employ or deemed unemployable. What we will do is not only provide opportunities for them, but we will provide personal development and professional development opportunities for them to open up their own Incredible and give opportunities to others. We really believe in second chances and we want to provide that. What we are asking or seeking is funding, support, and also partnership. We know with your help, we'll be able to make that happen. And by 2030, 2,500 people will be doing what we are doing now, providing opportunities for others. Thank you so much. Thank you. Folks, again, you're listening. Congratulations to you and your family. Vice President Kamala Harris. So I've years ago started what I called a reentry initiative. Um, but the model of what you are doing is profound, right? The, those, the category of people, I hate those labels, but yes. the so-called hard to employ. You've been mentoring, you've been reaching out, you've been bringing them in, you've been training them. Can you talk about the balance between what you are doing in terms of the hard skills, what they need to do every day, and then the soft skills, and how you're approaching that, and how other small business owners should think about their role in doing the kind of work you're doing, which is to hire folks from the community who may not have the skills but are ripe for developing the skills. Absolutely. So one of the things, and this is my background, leadership and education, one of the things that I have a gift with and um, I've been training others to do is to see what type of talent a person has already, the strength that they have, and focus on developing that rather than focusing on what they don't have. Because there's a lot, I feel like, in the workforce where I was like, oh, they don't have that. Throw them away. But let's focus on what you do have and how we can grow that. And when we grow that, that means you're strong in that area and we can help the next person be strong in that area rather than just throwing people away. I don't believe in that. Um, as a former teacher, I know you have to dig deep and find what's in the person and do that. So more people, more companies need to focus on the strengths rather than their weaknesses. Thank you. Second question is from Madam Secretary. So, Sterling, I can see why you're a great leader. Um, my first question is I'm wondering why Madam we're not Secretary munching Ramondo. on Incredibles right now. I know we're trying to make it happen. This is the launch hour. I'm just saying. Next time we got 
Okay, I hope so. Um, so one of the components of the president's jobs uh, package is a big investment in job training and apprenticeships. Yes. Uh, and this is something the Labor Secretary and I and the Vice President have been talking a lot about, which is we have to make sure that these apprenticeships and job training are available to everyone uh, with an equity lens, including formerly incarcerated, folks in recovery, people who need a second chance, as you say. Yes. And um, I would venture to guess there's not a person here who hasn't had a second chance in one way or another. Yes. So how do we do it? What lessons have you learned employing folks? What do we have to do in order to make these job training and apprenticeship programs effective for folks that are, quote unquote, harder to employ? So I think it starts with um, having a different lens on when you're looking at someone's application, right? They may not look like the perfect fit, but how can we see how we can develop you? I think that's the key. We have to, to stop looking at, oh, well, they don't have a degree. That First of all, when you put that there, you're already Xing out a lot of people. You X out a lot of people when you start putting all these things in your application. So we are, right now, one of the things we're using is Facebook. Um, they have a jobs feature on their, on their um, website. So a lot of people are on Facebook that already follow us. So we are offering the opportunity through there, and they don't have to necessarily um, submit a full-on-out resume. So that means if you don't have a resume, you can apply for us, and we can go through and look through and see, are you, can you come and work with us? But a lot of times there's barriers put up before we even get to the point to even meet the people because we have all these things that don't ne they don't necessarily need to work on a food truck, right? Yeah. So... Thank you. Folks, you're listing live coverage. Oh, someone's asking. Nice to see you. Oh, Congressman Cicilline. Youth in Action Day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but still doing the same work. Yes. Um, I want to build on the Vice President and the Secretary's question because as you think about helping the folks you're helping, and I think the President has made very clear he wants an economy that everyone can benefit from and where everyone has an opportunity to be successful. Are there policies that you've run up against that, are, that the federal government should look at and change that have made your work more difficult? Are there programs that we should be funding at a higher level that would facilitate the work you're doing? What kinds of barriers have we created in the federal government that we ought to be looking at? So one of the things I know in Rhode Island is Ban the Box. That's um, a program that we really appreciate so that you don't already exile a person because they, they wrote that. But also I think um, maybe educating, um, maybe there needs to be a law something on educating people about why we need to be given second chances because um, a lot of times I know just speaking to other business owners, there's a fear, well, we, we want to hire them, but what if this person is going to cause harm to us. Maybe there needs to be some benefits on the back end where if you do hire people who need a second chance, there's some type of uh, um, benefit that you get to kind of help people open. We know a lot of times money, you know, helps people to open their eyes a little bit. But um, something so on, on the back end, they're like, okay, let me, let me give it a try and a shot. But also money into the training side of it. So these people are re-entering back into our society. Maybe uh, um, they're coming from prison and re-entering into society training on a federal level that is funded to make sure that they have the, the correct training and now they're prepared to come into our space, right? So, um, I, you know, when I think about it more, we, we've been working on some things, but when I think about it more, I'll be sure to always share. You know, I'm down to do that. Thank you. Okay, it's John DePito, you're listening. This is live okay, coverage. Okay, and last but not least is Sandra Enos, founder of Giving Beyond the Box. Uh, Sandra has been part of the SEG community from the very early days, uh, first as a partner, a donor, a volunteer, and this now she's she back as an entrepreneur herself. Um, and Sandra often says that it really takes a village to build a truly impactful business, and she has leveraged the SCG Village, which is our network of amazing business and community leaders who volunteer with us every day. Um, and as a true entrepreneur, every time I talk to Sandra, she has a new idea for a product, service, or another business that will help make our communities better and stronger. So Sandra, thank you.
So good afternoon, everyone. Um, I'm Sandra Enos, and I'm a retired professor of sociology. So late in 2019, I created Giving Beyond the Box. It was just a couple of months after my 70th birthday, and I thought, what am I thinking? So what I was thinking was a great idea. So imagine this, it's Mother's Day, and this Mother's Day you want to do something in very special for your mom. You want to thank her for all those incredible values that she instilled in you. Your passion for social justice, your dedication to empowering women, your concern about the environment. And what you want to do is give her a gift box that's full of products that do good in the world. And you can do this because we partner with some leading social enterprises and some small businesses of color. So everything in that box does good in the world. We, in, when the pandemic hit, all of our boxes were sold uh, in retail stores or in pop-up markets. So that meant that we needed to do, we needed to go online, which for us was a real struggle. But as they say, nonetheless, she persisted. So last October, we launched a special box, which was called Hope Strikes Back. And everything in the Hope Strikes Back box is a Rhode Island-based business of color. Just last month, we launched a box of our own, and everything in that box is a woman-owned social enterprise. We think we have a great future and great promise. In fact, our box has already been replicated by two former students of mine uh, on the West Coast who took the Hope Strikes Back model. We're curating boxes with members of the LGBT community, with members of the differently abled community as well. So we see, a, once again, a spectacular future. We really see our boxes as bridges. And we see all of us as involved in something that I call the Chamber of Purpose. Consumers, social entrepreneurs, small businesses, policymakers, government leaders, all working on building that. So give them two minutes and the woman will pass it. There's a clock right there. Too bad. Follow the guidelines. All right, you can you can finish the rest when you answer the question. Okay. I'm so sorry. Okay, the clock right there. The first question is from Madam Vice President. Here we go. This is congratulations. This is wonderful. Hope strikes back. So access to high speed internet, affordability and access, two different points. Big points. The pandemic, I think, was an accelerator on many issues, including highlighting the failures and the fissures of our systems. One of them being whether all people have affordable access to high-speed internet. So I think of it in terms of our students and their learning. I think of it in terms of our seniors and their access to telemedicine and healthcare, and our small businesses. Can you talk about how access to high-speed internet allowed you to survive through the pandemic and also how it allows you to thrive as a small business as a as a model of the need for all small businesses to have the same access certainly so without it we would have been you know dead in the water um and even now as the pandemic begins to lift a little bit once again, our online business, I'm sure, will be an immense, you know, an immense part of our business, allowing us, as you just said, to expand, to reach new customers. So absolutely essential, you know, for everything we do and even reaching customers that, you know, we haven't even been able to reach yet. So absolutely essential. Not a question. Okay, Congressman well, congratulations on, on this whole concept, and uh, I, I love the uh, the whole uh, system that you put together and uh, giving beyond the box. Because it's not just one business; it's there's about probably a, a dozen businesses that you're supporting and working within there, and the ripple effect that it has. So, uh, congratulations on that. Um, Obviously, the, 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 the lifeblood of any business, you need both access to capital and you need customers. And so can you talk about the, the avenues that you pursued uh, for access to capital and, and what was easiest, what worked best? Was it uh, an SBA loan? Was it uh, other uh, types of funding that you pursued? Was it, if you could expand on that. 
and but also the companies that you work with, you know, their experience. What can we do better to give a better and easier access to capital? Yeah, so far we, we are a very small business. You know, we're, we're really testing out this concept. So my business right now is completely self-financed. But when I talk to other business owners, like the small businesses of color also, which are the, like small businesses, that's what we try to, very small businesses, that's how we, that's how we really try to feature in our lives. They have enormous troubles, you know, getting access to capital and an issue that the vice president was talking about before, as well as Sterling, this whole issue of who has access, who's in the game, who's not in the game, you know, so those are all extremely important to us, no question. Great, thank you, Sandra. Um, thanks so much. And I just want to thank um, all four of these amazing entrepreneurs and the thousands and thousands of others like them for the work that they do every day to make our world a better place. And I want to thank all of you um, for being here today and for recognizing and celebrating the importance of entrepreneurs and small businesses in building a more just, resilient, and equitable economy that works for everyone. And with that, um, Madam Secretary, I'll invite you to give closing remarks. Thank you. So, I'm totally inspired. This is Gina. Thank you all. I think you've given us all hope. The challenges are real, the struggle is real, but your innovation and hope and persistence uh, certainly has inspired me. And I will just say that uh, we're committed to building back better, which means more equal access to capital, more equal access to job opportunities, and really leading into small businesses. Most, the vast majority of Americans work for small businesses. And so we have to help stand up the ones that have gone out of business and uh, sustain the ones that exist. And we are very lucky to have Vice President with us today. But even more than that, very lucky to have a Vice President who understands this. Uh. Who wakes up every day asking what she can do to help small businesses of America. So thank you guys. And most of all, thank you for being with us. Come back to Rhode Island anytime. I will definitely anytime. keep coming back to Rhode Island. And congratulations to all of you again. Thank you very much. Thank you. Folks, again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You're listening. This is the vice president's visit with her, as you heard. Is, uh, what you're doing because well, you all really are models of the best this is the vice president. as a country. And it is about not only the, the, the importance of the work you are doing every day. It is about helping people see the possibilities. That's what you've each done. You, and this is what you are doing. And, it, and it's our great pleasure to be able to highlight it, to see the possibilities, the, 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 the business models, and to challenge what makes for a, a profitable business model, depending on how you measure profit. And it should be, of course, of course, you got to pay the bills, you got to make it work. But also, what are you doing to enhance the value of the community? What are you doing to enhance the potential of all human beings to reach their capacity. That's what you are doing. And so on behalf of the president and myself, I thank you very much, all of you. Thank you. Thank Once you. again, you're listening live coverage. This is uh, going on live right now in uh, Providence, where the vice president, Kamala Harris, is in town. With her is Governor Raimondo. And, uh, they're going to be making another stop after this. She is not at the border. She is in Rhode Island, and that is um, where it is. And then we may, that'll pick it up after that. Now, again, I, I thought it's interesting to hear this, this whole business, or I should, excuse me, all of this talk. Let me just reset. It's 144, and it's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM, and it's weekdays 11 to, 11 to 2. What is ironic about all of that to me is they're, they're not, they, I don't even think, they don't even know how to help small business. This stuff about small business, the big talk right now is that because the government are giving all these people on unemployment extra money every month, how many people, if you're a business owner right now, you, you can't get people to come back to work. They're not helping small business. And especially in Rhode Island, in Rhode Island, if you're a successful small business, 
Who do you think suddenly comes knocking at your door? Well, you AFL-CIO, Council 94. What do they want to do? They want to unionize you. That's what they want to do. So this talk about small business and helping small business, and I, I, I'm trying to, where? Where are they doing that? Because you're not actually helping small business. They're really not. Um, and boy, that that is about as progressive as you can get. A co-op, how, how many businesses would function that way? Again, I don't know these individuals. They're in, in Providence over what was, used to be called the Jewelry District off uh, Point Street, kind of over behind before where you go to PPAC. And there are some, obviously, uh, businesses there and well-organized. And Governor Raimondo knew these people, uh, knew uh, of these entrepreneurs and the people speaking is, is what I'm saying. But how is this really um, helping things at the border? <laughs> it's not helping things at the border. But I'll tell you who can help you. And that's our friend with Ryan's Appliance Repair. If uh, you have an appliance that's not working properly, I want you to pick up the phone and you can call Ryan's Appliance Repair today at 401-710-7096. 401-710-7096. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Repairs on all makes and models of appliances. Now, right now, it's 147 on this Wednesday. And it's John DePietro. And let's just say, you know, Ryan has told me in the past that many times when he's gone in and he has repaired different appliances... That actually the, the people have several appliances that are not working properly. And maybe that's, you know, maybe that's you. And sometimes um, you could be someone where you depend on someone. I always like to say maybe the your son-in-law is supposed to be coming over and he just hasn't made time. And, and let's face it, fixing an appliance, you have to know what you're doing. So if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401 710 7096 repairs on all makes and models of appliances, whether it is a washer or dryer or a dishwasher or a stove or oven. Uh, Ryan is a godsend, and I've had him in my home, and he has uh, fixed a number of different things. Because, one, I am just not inclined in that way. But the good news is if you have Ryan's appliance repair, you know. Uh, I don't know what people did. Sometimes people say, well, I guess you just go out and get it. Well, I don't know about just go out. Why would you go and get a new one when maybe the one that you have is working, you know, has been, been working fine, but it's probably not that old. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. All work is guaranteed for 90 days, parts and labor. Senior citizens discounts are available and Saturday appointments are available. Like we like to say, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096, 401-710-7096. Ryan's Appliance Repair. You're not expected to know how to fix everything. And that's why you have someone like Ryan's Appliance Repair, because that's that's exactly what he does, and he'll... Get it straightened out and get it fixed. And the next thing you know, you're you're back in business. So give him a call. He's terrific. And it's uh, Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. As I said, Saturday appointments are available. All work is guaranteed for 90 days, parts and labor. He is uh, just terrific. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. On AM 1380 and 99.9 FM, you know, there's no end to a lot of the chaos that we've been uh, hearing about. And I want to once again just remind you of two places to go. I strongly encourage you. So wherever you are right now, and you can hear my voice. And we always get people that stumble into the show, and that's fine, on 99.9 FM. But two places you need to visit. Number one. Surplus Provisions, Pontiac Avenue in Cranston, a mile and a half from Garden City. There's a link on my website, depetro.com. They have body armor. They have ammo. They have tactical gear. They have pepper spray, food storage. Stop in and see Tanya in 
Brink. They're a unique store. People come in from Massachusetts, Connecticut, all over. Surplus Provisions, Pontiac Avenue in Cranston. They have a great Facebook page. Again, tactical gear, body armor, ammo, 9mm. That's one. The second one is, as far as for firearms and ammunition, I would like you to visit. I'm requesting you visit my gun guy, which is competition shooting supplies. This is where I shop. Firearms, ammunition, accessories. Stop it and see John Francis. You can call him at 727-1716. He also is on Facebook, and he posts a lot of the new inventory that he gets. 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket, competition shooting supplies. And he's very knowledgeable. And he just got some new uh, ammunition, excuse me, got some new firearms in. He's got some beautiful selection, brand new Glocks. He's got some Ruger. He's got, he has a lot. And the guy is just terrific. He is a godsend. Competition shooting supplies. 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. We're open today. Firearms, ammunition, accessories. And you get, I think he's just so knowledgeable. It's John Francis at Competition Shooting Supplies. Well, folks, good afternoon. Here I am. It is Juan. It's John DePietro. And you're listening to AM 1380. Also 99.9 FM. You can always listen online. I encourage you visit the website. We have stories up. I got to give credit to our staff at topetro.com. We have stories up. And by the way, at the top of the website, you can be a supporter of the program. Support real news. Support topetro.com. You have the yellow button. Uh, you can be a monthly supporter or one time. But people, we have some great stories up. Um, is a Rhode Island citizen a citizen? And could Blake Filippi, could he beat Congressman Lanchman? Are there 100,000 legals in Rhode Island? And also we have uh, the audio of Alan Dershowitz. Folks, it is a happening. It's all right there at the website, which is depetro.com. D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, the official website of you-know-who. But also, there's uh, also direct links right there at the website that then uh, you can uh, sponsor and support. Well, big news for today, and it's really the fact that Facebook, the Facebook board punted the decision on President Trump. That's basically what happened and decided not to make a decision on his ban. I know it's being reported that he's banned from Facebook, but it just really seems more as though they just didn't make a decision on it. And he should be back on social media. He absolutely should be, in my opinion. Um, but right now, he... Uh, so for, for now, nothing is is happening right now. I'm looking at... Um, on, uh, how about AOC tweets out, nothing like reminiscing about attempted coups over a bouquet of flowers. There was a picture of uh, Ted Cruz with um, Senator Cruz. He was at Mar-a-Lago with, um, with, former, well, with President Trump, and they were just having dinner. He posted a, a picture of it. Let me also see. Uh, breaking fire of Atlanta officer who shot Richard Brooks reversed. So that the police officer that, that shot Rayshard Brooks in Atlanta. So that has been reversed. Um, I'm also seeing Biden coronavirus relief prioritizes funds for non-white business owners. Restaurants owned by white men will be last in line for federal relief under President Joe Biden. I'm just glad that everyone is treated the same. All right, I'm looking at uh, motorcade on to the next stop in Providence. So they are moving on. The vice president, someone did send me where they think she is headed. I'm seeing uh, they have some crowds, obviously Secret Service, big motorcade of cars. And they are uh, moving right along. But Ted, Senator Cruz did have dinner with President Trump, said that he's in uh, very, very good Spirits, which he should be. He has people behind him. So now tomorrow, I am planning. Oh, let me just find that again. That's a big story. The former 
officer that was fired with the Rashid Brooks shooting has been uh, basically reinstated. I never understood that anyway. Fatally shot Rashid Brooks while he was sleeping in a parked car has been reinstated. You know, but that that's look at the way that that is is headlined sleeping in a parked car. No, he, he was trying to steal his gun. He had a gun, as a matter of fact. I, I, I can't believe that. And then, folks, the big day, the juror in the trial of Derek Chauvin coming under scrutiny. Uh, Chauvin has requested a trial on new grounds, juror misconduct. I don't see how you don't get that. I don't understand how you would not get that, a new jury on that. All right, I want to um, remind you also, it's one fifty six. It's John DePietro. Now, listen, they're already projecting that it's going to be a very hot summer. Did you hear about that? It is. Therefore, since it's going to be a hot summer, why not convert to Central Air with JKL Engineering? Call them today, JKL, 401-351-7600, 401-351-7600. Hey, guess what? Estimates are free. Financing is available. They're licensed in Rhode Island, Massachusetts for 54 years. JKL's reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. Call JKL Engineering at 401-351-7600. The original, the best. It's JKL. Now, it's 157. It's Wednesday. This is John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website. So many people do. DePietro.com. Let me just be very clear. Central Air is a game changer for your home. It truly is an absolute game changer. Why not be nice and comfortable with J.K.L. Engineering? They can make it happen for you. How about this? The temperature in your home or business is always 70 degrees. Invest in your home or business with JKL. Or maybe, maybe you have a cooling system that's just not working as efficiently as it could and should. Call JKL, 401-351-7600. Estimates are free. Financing is available. Whether you're in Franklin or Bellingham or Attleboro. Or Lincoln, or Cumberland, or Smithfield, JKL. Call right now, 401 351 7600 for JKL Engineering. Well, folks, again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, those that enjoy Facebook Live, I believe I will be doing it again later this afternoon from the airport as the VP is doing a uh, vice president. Kamala Harris is in town. Seems to be doing a, um, it's really just a, uh, it's really just a, a day-long photo op is it's seemingly what's, what's really going on here. Um, but anyhow, now, just a reminder, tomorrow is COVID. I am planning on being at the COVID briefing. If you have a question, if I can help you, if you want to contact me, if you want to just support the show, go to the website. DePetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Now, uh, any breaking news? I generally do it on Facebook Live. I want you to stay tuned because coming up is going to be the 2 o'clock news. And then it's the John Dion program. So stay dry on this Wednesday. And again, go to the website, DePetro.com. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter and the like. And then also... uh, all the other social media platforms. Enjoy this Wednesday. Stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news. WNRI Winsocket, W236CW, W260DC. WNRI.